in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello? Yes. A breaking news. Breaking news. This is a big, big deal right now. It's not. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell will be stepping down as minority leader in November. It's time, time for me. It's a new season, and I will be focusing on my constituents in Kentucky. However, I will always be concerned about the American people. Uh, you know, I hate these guys who announce their resignation uh, nine months before they're actually resigning. It's February, right? He's going to he's Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch. Nobody likes Mitch. We'll be stepping down in November. It's February. I don't know. It's always rubbed me the wrong way. You know, most people in life, most people are lucky with the two weeks notice, right? Two weeks notice. Sometimes you just show up and they tell you, don't come back. You're fired, right? Or they call you on the, I, I just, I would, some a, a two, two weeks I'm trying to think about the the greatest amount of notice I've ever had or given when I left the job. I remember my first job, one of my first jobs as a salesperson at Saks Fifth Avenue during college. I was a bit surly when they told me I had to work on uh, Christmas Eve. And uh, I did work on Christmas Eve. And then on December 26th, they said, uh, uh, are you planning on working on uh, New Year's? Anyway, that was my last day. Yeah, I kind of technically got fired. It's okay. I just don't like it. Mitch McConnell. And you ever see what Mitch McConnell, his lair, how much power we give? What is he again? The minority leader of the United States Senate. So what? He gets, he has a staffer, the Kentucky office. He's got another staffer, the other Kentucky office. He's got a staff for the other Kentucky office. Then he has a staff for the minority leader in the Capitol building. Then he has a staff for the minority leader in the Senate office building. And then he has a hideaway office. And then he has this and that. He's got fireplaces all over the place, cars, drivers. It's just too many perks. These guys, they start to think they're like the House of Lords. That's it. It's quite frankly too fancy. Too many paintings, too many statues. Get rid of that crap. Some of it. I mean, I look, I love our history. I revere our history. But these guys pretend that they're potentates. Did you know that? What's his name? Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. He's now an ex-Speaker of the House. He spent 27 years in the in Congress, and he's 51 years old, and he's been out of Congress for like four years already. There are three portraits of him on Capitol Hill. These people, it, they just get so swept away. With the status, the prestige, the the alleged prestige, and uh, hey, is somebody mouthing off into Eric Adams's face? I kind of like that. I'll come back to that in a little bit. All right, so uh, McConnell, Mitch McConnell is stepping down. The other thing, uh, Joe Biden went to get a checkup. Uh, do we believe that it was just an ordinary checkup? You know, these things are usually put on the schedule, but uh, Joe kind of surprised everybody. Left the White House to go to the doctor. Can't the doctor go to the White House? The White House is like this massive complex. It's not just that White House. They've got office buildings associated with it, connected to it. They've got all these facilities there. I think it was it must be a big deal. It must be something wrong with him. And I think this is all about uh, uh, removing Joe. They don't want him. They know he can't win. They know they've got a mummy on their hands. 
I have a feeling it has something to do with that. Joe, uh, for a graceful exit, will have to say something along the lines of, uh, I have a health issue, right? I mean, this cannot go on. Uh, so there's that. What else? What else? Um, Biden is going to speak about all this nonsense. <sighs> Riley, Lincoln Riley. We can't forget that girl's name, Lincoln Riley, 22 years old. And I think she should be as famous as George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, don't you? And this is the person who was killed by an illegal immigrant who got here um, broke into the country and then was arrested all over the place, arrested here in New York City, in addition to be given to be uh, he was given free stuff by Eric Adams, uh, a madman, a total psychopath. And Trump was right. The people who are coming here illegally, they're not the best. They're not the brightest. They have a lot of problems. They're rapists. They're murderers. And yes, some are good people. Remember that? That was just too much truth for uh, for people to handle. In one of the most offensive things ever uttered on the continental United States in the history of this country, this is the mayor of Athens, Georgia. Now, what difference does he make? Well, that's where the University of Georgia is. And his his name is Kelly Gertz. And he tries to blame, get this, the murder of that girl that happened last Thursday on Trump. On Trump. And the people who are there, this is, I think this is the media, actually, that start to go bananas on him. Listen to this. Cut 13, please. Cut 13. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country, where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign-born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. In the Stop main, for a second. I, caution- I love it. I love how the people just wouldn't. Now, this is just a fragment. All right. This is just a fragment that showed up online. We're looking for the entire poli- uh, the, the entire press conference. Now, this is the other fragment. What did he say? Donald Trump never spoke about um, foreign born people like that. Never. Never. You know, there's a difference. Donald Trump is not a xenophobe. He loves foreign-born people. His wife is foreign-born. His first wife was foreign-born. This is a man of the world. He's sophisticated. That's what that also throws people for a loop when they really when they find out that Trump is a genius and he's sophisticated. Um, so it's people who come here illegally. That's the problem. It's always been a problem. Now more than ever. I mean, my God, doesn't doesn't 2015, 2016 seem quaint? Almost right by today's standards. I mean, it's like we were we had our act together in comparison. Right. Uh, give me the rest of this, please. But that mayor who's blaming Trump for the death of that girl at the hands of an illegal migrant who was led in by Joe Biden against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months. I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker. Career politician! And my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies and numerous iterations of Congress. All of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration. All right, so this is everybody's fault? Come on, come on. Like that guy said, this is an invasion. And we put the word out. 
and we ruined the border on purpose. Totally on purpose, by the way, because now it's making more sense than ever. If you plus up the uh, population of New York, if you plus up the population of blue states, what do you get? More members of Congress the next time the census rolls around. When is that? They're going to. This is all. a. <laughs> I think it's going to be busted wide open. It can't work. There are too many people onto them, right? Uh, how about that guy? What's his name? Kelly Gertz, G-I-R-T-Z. Democrat mayor of Athens, Georgia, uh, Clark County, issues statement on the murder of Lakin Riley. I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not, boy, oh, boy, people and their data. You know, data, you can play games with data. I remember when Trump said uh, there are murderers and rapists coming in illegally. You know what they try to say? Oh, there's no there's no statistics to back that up. There's no, 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 no. Actually, they said this, that people come, who come here illegally are more likely to not commit crime. <laughs> uh, what do they say? 90% of all you can do statistics. They're playing a game. Hey, that guy, uh, Clyde Haberman, I've been going off on uh, the New York Times writer. You know, he is sitting in his little perch, wherever that is. He got fired by the New York Times twice. It looks like once a few years ago and then. At the start, his first job in newspapers at the New York Times, they fired him for lying. Clyde Haberman, he's about 80 years old now. Uh, he was with the New York Times for a long time, one of their most famous correspondents. He got busted for lying, and they actually let him back in the paper after about 10 years. Now he's lying to the people on Twitter. And he is actually out there constantly trying to portray New York as being better than it's ever been. It's safer than at any time since 1951. Why is that, Clyde Haberman? Well, I have an email from the Bureau of Statistics. The Bureau of Statistics tells Clyde Haberman that New York is better off than it's ever been since 1951. Um, And he cites the murder rate. Number one, do not believe the statistics. Certainly with Eric Adams and all of the cronies he, he has all over the police department, don't believe the numbers. They can and they do play games with these numbers. Here's one that I learned from the de Blasio administration. Did you know that when somebody is shot and killed, that on occasion, if they want to get the numbers down, they will not count that as a homicide. They'll count it as unknown. It's unknown. Now, how can that be? Well, who's to say it's not a suicide? Well, there's no gun in the guy's hand. Well, who's to say somebody did not come by and pick up the gun? Oh, all right. So we're going to investigate this and we're going to put it in something called a little cubby. That's what the medical examiner has. It's a little cubby. And there are some great people there at the medical examiner's office trying to figure out uh, the 9-11 victims and little shreds of DNA evidence. And they've been working on that. But there are some political hacks who got the job uh, you know, because they knew Eric Adams or because they are a Democrat. and They're going to do his bidding. And they have been playing games with these numbers. Uh, definitely under de Blasio. Definitely with Eric Adams. Who's in charge of the police department right now? Close your eyes. Who's in charge? Nobody knows. I know that guy is a nice guy, whoever he is. I met him once. Nice guy. Can't remember his name. But he's not running the police department. The police department is out of control in a way. Out of, out of control. Nothing not like they're marauding all over the place. But no one is really in charge. And people are doing their own thing. So anyway, uh, this yeah, Clyde Haberman is trying to tell everybody that New York is better than it was before. He also said that he knows more about law enforcement and policing than Ray Kelly does. How about that one, huh? Clyde Haberman. These fake news reporters, they are so high on their own supply. They sit around 
writing stuff, right? That's all he's ever done. He writes stuff just on his computer with his typewriter, becoming frustrated that he doesn't actually have real influence in the world. And he tells himself, they tell themselves that they actually know more than than somebody like Ray Kelly. That's that's something else. Hey, you know what I saw? Um, Donald Trump sneakers. I just I just saw the sneakers, and they're pretty cool. They are very cool, um, and they're going for a lot of money. Some guy came down. He had the sneakers. He bought them for nine thousand dollars, nine grand. Now I've I've heard. Uh, haven't they gone for more than that? Anyway, there's a nice picture of it on my Instagram, which I never talk about. My Instagram is very, uh, very beautifully curated. I think it's got a lot of. Uh, Every every picture is like a little bit of an adventure, I hope. I hope you'll find it that way. It's not like I'm some 21-year-old girl taking, you know, here's me on Tuesday in a bikini. Here's me on Wednesday in a bikini. Not that I have a big problem with those pictures, but I have a little problem. I just, uh, at Great Kelly USA, enjoy. I'll be right back. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit EnergyCitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hunter Biden is on Capitol Hill right now denying everything and uh, admitting nothing and making counter accusations. It's a pretty good strategy when you think about it, right? If you're ever in trouble, deny everything, admit nothing, make counter accusations. I didn't do it. You did it. In fact, you're guilty of embezzlement, not me. Yeah, you are guilty of uh, I'll get back to him in a moment. But uh, first, this despicable mayor down there in Atlanta, Georgia, no, Athens, Georgia, blaming uh, Trump for the uh, murder of that beautiful girl, Lake and Riley. And here the people are really giving him a hard time. Let's hear this. That term means different things to different people, depending on the context of the discussion. Uh, we know many, many of the yeah, elements. Wait, wait, stop. What term? Many of what the terms? elements. What term? What term? All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's take it from the top one more time. Please. That term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. Uh, we know many, what means. many uh, of the elements. Liar. Many of the elements. Liar. 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 We, liar. we are here to listen. Liar. You're a liar. We are here to listen. Liar. There'll be time for liar. questions. You're all guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir. Many of the aspects. That are ascribed to sanctuary cities. We know what sanctuary are things that are disallowed by Georgia law. And we contribute a document every year to the Georgia Department of Audits indicating 
that we do not correspond to these definitions under state law. Yes, you do. And no policies have been adopted by the mayor and commission that have created sanctuary city status in Athens. You need to resign. One protocol that sometimes arises. One protocol. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, he's mayor. A young woman is killed by an illegal migrant, and he's he's talking about Trump. You know, he's the mayor. The police department reports to him. This guy, Kelly Gertz, G-I-R-T-Z. So offensive right there. Tone deaf. These are your constituents, by the way. Hey, Bill Clinton, feel their pain. I mean, you're 18, 18 years in government, and the early... You got to hear this to believe. Again, this is he must resign. I think I predict by the end of tomorrow, close the business tomorrow. This guy's gone one more time with the first clip. Well, 2019 was not that long ago. You might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country. Where you had the president of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. In the main, I caution against How conflating dare that immigration. Guy. talking about Charlottesville. Charlottesville. Metastasized into places at Charlottesville. Wow. That is pretty disgusting. But the uh, the Democrats are very disgusting. They will say and do anything. And right now I see about seven of them defending Hunter Biden. This is There's nothing to see here with Hunter Biden. Hunter put out a pretty bold statement. He is being uh, deposed right now on Capitol Hill. You can't watch it on TV. It's uh, behind closed doors. This is actually the best way to do it because if he's on TV, you know how they do it. They take turns asking questions. A Republican, a Democrat, nobody can get anything going. This, you can grill him for like an hour and a half and get him on the record and uh, catch him lying all over the place. I already got him lying and actually prevaricating. Let's say prevaricating in his statement here. Uh, that has been released to the public. Hey, don't feel sorry for this guy. You know, today he's going in and he's surrounded by cameras, and I saw somebody say, this can't be good for his addiction issues. Well, uh, I think that has nothing to do with it. I think Hunter, actually, I know Hunter is enjoying it. He loves it. He loves the attention. According to Joe Biden's autobiography, Joe Biden, one day they're hanging around the house, and Hunter is like nine years old. And Joe says to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Hunter says, I want to be important. And Joe says, I knew what he meant. You know, sometimes I do feel sorry for Hunter. I mean, that what a crummy thing to say. You want to be important for important sake? That's what it sounds like, right? I want to be, you know, I want to go to press conferences like you. I want people to listen to me. I want to, I want to shake people's hands. So much more to it. First, you have to contribute. Create something of value, Hunter. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, Hunter is, um, I think he's being, I think he's outright lying at times. And other times he's just trying to be, his lawyers wrote this thing for him, obviously. He thinks if he tells the truth carefully enough, he doesn't have to lie. Uh, But no, he crosses the line. Hunter Biden, just like the old man, is totally lying. Uh, that's how we first met Joe back in 1987 with a great big smile on his face, lying his ass off to that poor chump up there in New Hampshire. And uh, it goes it runs in the family. So uh, this is just a little while ago, February 28th, 2024. Hunter Biden says 
I am here today to provide the committee with the one uncontestable fact that should end the false premise of this inquiry. I did not involve my father in my business. Not while I was a practicing lawyer. Interesting right there. I did not involve my father in my business. You can drive a fleet of aircraft carriers through this stuff. Aircraft carriers. Uh, I do know this. Joe involved you, Hunter, in his Ukrainian business. Why were you CC'd on all of these emails about Joe's upcoming phone call with Poroshenko and his upcoming visit to Ukraine? These people are just lying. They don't think anybody's going to call them out. And the New York Times, the MSNBCs, they won't. I will. A handful of people in conservative media, I mean a handful, actually know this stuff. It's really incredible. And that's why they can get away with it. Now, thank God we got people like James Comer in there. He knows what the truth is. So this is happening right now. What else did he say? Uh, Not while I was a practicing lawyer, not in my investments or transactions, domestic or international, not as a board member and not as an artist. Never. Okay, well, what about when you're done with your business at the end of the day? Did you write your father a check? Did you arrange for wire transfers? I mean, if I give my mother, say, $100 that came from my paycheck, am I involving her in my business? I could I, I could just say I gave her $100, right? You see the game they're playing here? You read this fact in the many letters that have been sent to you over the last year as part of your so-called impeachment investigation. You heard this fact uh, when I said it weeks ago, standing outside this building. You heard this fact from a parade of other witnesses, from colleagues. and Who the hell is he talking about? Who is he making up here? <laughs> We have the documents. We have the emails. We have your laptop. Or is that Russia disinformation? Yep, he's actually going to say that, that this whole thing is Russia disinformation, just like the laptop. Oh, wait, the laptop is actually true. Uh, so you heard this fact from a parade of witnesses, former colleagues and business partners of mine, including my uncle. Yeah, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a role in any of this. <laughs> Who have testified before you in similar proceedings, and now today you hear this fact directly from me. This is not a fact. This is a lie. This is a this is a wish. This is no. Just because you're saying it, this is these people are psychotic. For more than a year, your committee have hunted me in your partisan political pursuit of my dad. You have trafficked in innuendo, distortion, and sensationalism, all while ignoring the clear and convincing evidence staring you in the face. You do not have evidence to support the baseless and MAGA-motivated conspiracies about my father because there isn't any. Actually, dude, we have the financial records of the money. We have the statement of your own lawyer confirming that money you shared with your uncle, with your children, with Haley, with Haley's sister, that you were (laughs) – these China initiatives that were totally facilitated by your father – and the proceeds were going to the Biden family. These are facts. This is on paper. This is can they get them on uh, on on perjury for more than a year? Your committee has done this. Then the other thing. Ah, here we go. Um, For more than a year, you have hunted me down and you built your entire partisan house of cards on the lies of Tony Bobolinsky. Now, Tony, what did Tony say that was wrong? What did they have? They proven anything they haven't. These people are really, really arrogant. 
they think nothing can happen to them because nothing ever has happened to them. Things are starting to happen to them. I mean, they got a big wake-up call from that Robert Herr report. Bobolinsky, he says, who has been exposed for many false statements he has made. I haven't heard anyone ever contest anything that Bobolinsky said. That's one of the reasons why you never you never see Bobolinsky. His story is irrefutable. Irrefutable. To be clear, I have made mistakes in my life, and I have squandered opportunities and privileges that were afforded me. I know that. I am responsible for that, and I am making amends for that. But my mistakes and shortcomings are my own and not my father's, who has done nothing but devote his entire life to public service and trying to make this country a better place to live. Okay, now I'm going to be nauseous again, all right? Here's a guy who went into politics at the age of 29 with nothing and is now a worth roughly, we believe, $250 million with property all over the place, $10,000 silk suits, right? Do we have the phone call? Got the phone call yet? Wait, all right, well, we want that. Okay. Uh, you say the father did nothing. I have him on tape actually calling the president of, poor, uh, the president of Ukraine, begging him to get rid of the... Pr- prosecutor Shokin, who was looking into Burisma. How do you explain that? How do you get around that? That happened. And as a matter of fact, that phone call has been verified as authentic by uh, the FBI, of all people. I'm looking at him go in right now. He's going back. I guess he's on a lunch break. Remember what I told you about that little thing he said in the book. He wants to be important. And the Biden family is powerful, and people will always want to take power. They'll want to take it away from me. He says that. He says it out loud. He says it to his uh, former friend, Devin Archer. They are really high on their own supply. And it really is uh, It's kind of annoying. Let me just check in with James very quickly. Hello. Hi. Good afternoon. I think all of these are, are decade-long plans. You know, th- think back, right? He just did one executive order to open the border. But the sanctuary cities and states was already in place. We got a lot of, you know, do-nothing prosecutors that were already in place. The police have been handcuffed in a lot of the big cities, no batons, no immunity. You know, you got um, our kids being indoctrinated through the schools. So all this stuff has already been in place, and he could turn it off in a minute. But they don't want to. Why? Because you guys have been bringing it up in the past. They create a problem, and every time they create the problem, it's so they can push some big latest legislative payload through that nobody wants. And then the problem can go away, but it really doesn't. It's that legislative payload that they have to put in. Maybe deeper than any legislative uh, payroll or, or uh, no, agenda. No, payload. Payload, payload. Fine, fine, fine. I just think they want to totally revamp what this country is. I mean, totally ruin this country and start from scratch with some sort of socialist utopia. That's the direction it's going. You know, I saw Rachel Maddow the other day. She put up two headlines that were supposed to scare her viewers. One was a beautiful headline, according to Rachel. Uh, President Biden wants to be- forgive another $50 billion in student debt. President Trump proposes mass deportation of illegal. Which one would you prefer? Obviously, the choice is simple. Well, the choice is actually um, communism versus not having a country communism or or having a country it's uh it is kind of simple i I think it goes a lot farther than any uh legislative uh agenda there's something deep they're trying to get at our children 
You know, we have uh, we have the New York Post endorsing Eric Adams. And the first thing he does when he gets to office beyond just total incompetence that they should have been able to detect decades ago. He backs up drag time story hour. Drag queens can hang around with your kids. I'm trying to find the image that really defines Democrats. It might be the open border. It might be a, a, a drag queen reading to a uh, eight year old boy in a New York City public school. I don't know what it is. Keep going, James. Weakening by a thousand cuts. They're yeah. weakening by a thousand cuts. The police knew they turned their back on the last two mayors sometimes. But, you know, they handicapped them. You know, they say, do your job, but they handicapped them. No nightsticks, no immunity. The prosecutors aren't doing it, you know, and, on purpose. And, and look at what they got the public. They got the public to turn against them. They got the public. I saw a guy, Jason Scoop, the comedian, actually. He goes onto a subway train the other day. Uh, Jason Scoop does a great Trump impression, and he tries to get people to weigh in on, uh, on, 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 on controversial issues. Michael Jackson, did he touch children or not? And everyone's freaked out. Oh my God. We can't get away. Go to, and then like Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And it's a Democrat city and like everybody. So everybody says everybody, nobody wants to say Trump. So they all say Biden to those who answer. And then he goes, uh, defund the police or fund the police. And I, (laughs) I mean, more people said defund the police than said Joe Biden. Everybody was saying defund the police. So the public, the public, they've gotten the public to turn against the cops, which might be the worst part of this whole damn thing, you know, to see that happen, what they've got to go through. Our precious cops. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, sad news for me personally, uh, lost a dear friend of mine, Mike Saperstein, um, died uh, yesterday, had a heart attack in the Carlisle Hotel a great man. Um, I've known him. I knew him for well over 20 years. He was a great uh, friend to my father. Uh, they worked together at Bear Stearns. Uh, Mike Saperstein grew up uh, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan and uh, later Queens. His dad, I believe, ran a, uh, a small haberdashery on the Lower East Side. Mike spent a lot of time on Grand Street, uh, studied hard in school, went to Colgate and then Fordham Law School. And actually, this is all the way back in the 60s, uh, late 60s, early 70s, worked in the Nixon administration at the Securities and Exchange Commission. He became friendly with um, uh, the director of the Central Ag- Central Intelligence Agency, uh, uh, Bill Casey, would later become CIA head. He was head of the SEC. He knew Washington inside and out. Uh, so he started in public service and then he moved over to uh, uh, the financial world, Wall Street. And, uh, quite frankly, made a fortune. <laughs> he did very, very well. And, um, his, his investors did well. And, uh, his family, uh, did very well. We have Mike Saperstein. Uh, he's about 80, 82 years old. I, I saw him just a week ago Sunday or a week ago Saturday. I'm glad I did. We had dinner out in Pierre's on, uh, in Bridgehampton. He was with his wife, Leanne. Uh, always talking about his daughter, Kimmy. And his uh, grandchildren, let's see, Lexi, Aaron, and Benno, so proud of them. Um, he was very helpful to me, uh, wise counsel uh, uh, throughout the time I knew him. He actually put me in touch with another great man named Malcolm Holmline, who's done so much for the Jewish community. 
Uh, so I, I was personally indebted to him. Uh, Mike was a big, staunch supporter of Israel. In fact, he was very good friends with Ariel Sharon. Um, so I was, I heard the news this morning that he died. It was really kind of shocking to me, uh, that, you know, somebody you saw just last week and was so healthy and that kind of thing, a heart attack and, you know, in a way, gosh, you know, at the Carlisle hotel, I know he loved eating there and, you know, just at, at the end was quick, but, uh, I'm very sad that I will not be able to call on him. Uh, he was a big listener and a big watcher. Uh, and a big supporter of Donald Trump. And um, the last, uh, we, we talked a lot about Trump. We talked a lot about Nikki Haley. We both despised Nikki. So Mike Saperstein, a great financier, a great public servant under Richard Nixon, and a great American, dead at the age of 82. Personal friend of mine. I'm very, very sorry about that, but it's uh, a privilege. And thank you, folks, for letting me talk about my friend, Mike Saperstein, uh, for a few moments, uh, and I know Mike is in the hands of our Heavenly Father. I do know that. I, I I know that just as I'm sitting here. I know that. I know that. Mike, thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. And uh, we will be here for your your children and your grandchildren and your uh, and your beloved Leanne. All right. So, uh, all right. I got to move on though. You got to move on. Life continues. And I queued up something all great for us. This is the phone call. You know, the, the hunter just says, well, my father did was never involved in my business. Can somebody explain to me why in the hell he would care so much about some prosecutor in Ukraine? You got to ask. This is the question I would ask Joe Biden. Joe, in your entire career, did you ever give a damn about a prosecutor in some foreign country? Why did you care so much about Shokin? The one who was investigating Burisma. Burisma, the company that was paying your father $83,000 a month. Not a year, a month. So, uh, this is, this is what's known as earning the money, which you're about to hear here. You don't pay Hunter 83 grand for nothing, right? You want stuff from him, especially when he's the, the father is the head of, is the vice president of the United States. When this phone call went down, it was Vice President Joe Biden calling Mr. Poroshenko, who was the president of Ukraine. Introducing President Poroshenko. Hey, Petro, Joe, how are you? Very well indeed. As usual, when I hear your voice, my dear friend. And if uh, President uh, can also support us, not only with the Minsk, but with the visa-free... Hey, stop for a second. You notice something. You know who's recording this? The Ukrainians. We all know how this works, right? I mean, we can tell Joe's on the phone, Poroshenko, he's the one recording this, all right? What other recordings do they have of Joe on the phone, hmm? All right, keep going. Would be something when we are trying to sell to the Ukrainian people, and I'm still uh, hoping that you can come maybe on the 21st of uh, November on our anniversary of Revolution of Dignity, and that would be a very big delivery. With regard to my coming on the 21st, as I told you, I could never come on the 21st. I was going to try to come immediately after, uh, in early December. 
But here's where I am now, and uh, part of my uh, answer to that will, depends on uh, what what was your conversation with um, uh, our president-elect. One of the things I've been doing is spending. They have. They are not. I'm not making a. I'm not being critical. But they're. Hey, stop for a second. All right. This is another phone call. This. <laughs> This is where Joe Biden is screwing with the president-elect Donald Trump. He's on the he's on the phone trying to straighten everything out ahead of time. He wants the money to keep going. We're going to listen to this, and then after the break, I am going to play you that phone call where Joe basically gets his wish, and Poroshenko makes it clear to him that I'm doing this as a favor for you. Even though Shokin has done nothing wrong, I'm going to fire the guy for you, Joe, for you. Keep going, though. They, the new the incoming administration has been very, very slow on on uh, on getting ready for transition. Quite frankly, like most of America, they didn't think they were going to win the election, so they did not have a fulsome transition team. Matter of fact, as of a days ago, they changed their transition team. Transition is a very, very delicate and, um, and precise dance that goes on from administration to administration over the last hundred years. And uh, it requires the exchange of classified information and the like. And the people they put forward to be part of the transition have to be cleared to do that, just as we had to be cleared after the Bush administration, et cetera. They have not done that. They're trying to catch up and do it now since they fired the guy who heads up the transition. All right, so here he is bad-mouthing Trump, all right? What we're going to do is I want you to skip ahead to the six-minute mark. And this is where, and by the way, you shouldn't be trash-talking Trump. And (laughs) There are so many countries in the world, but he picks up the phone to talk to Poroshenko, Ukraine, where his son is making $83,000 a month. You think there just might be a connection? All right, we're going to set that up for the six-minute mark. The six-minute mark. Um, let me know when that comes out. Um, and the way they can just go in there and shoot their mouths off, Hunter Biden. Lying is like breathing. It comes so easy. You saw it in 1987 where Joe Biden said, I graduated with three degrees. He barely had one. I won the international moot court competition. He didn't even enter. You got it? We're at six minutes? All right, keep going. Introducing President Poroshenko. Hey, Petro. Joe, how are you? Very well, indeed. As usual, when I hear your voice, my dear friend. Tell me about your conversation, if you can. Eh, no, we're screwing this up. We don't have we don't have the goods yet. We don't have the goods. We have the goods. It's just a matter of um, it's just a matter of uh, finding the right thing on uh, on YouTube. We didn't. All right. Uh, uh, shoot, I hate it when this happens. All right. You want me to recreate the phone call? Um, let's see here. Uh, Joe Biden. Uh, even though the prosecutor did nothing wrong, I am. Terminating him, no, it was yesterday, no, day before yesterday, and I told him that he is no longer prosecutor general, even though he did nothing wrong. And this is the second part of my promise to you. And Joe Biden says, great, I agree. And he's so happy, and this is exactly what Burisma wanted when they started paying Hunter eighty-three grand a month. All right, let's see how close I got it when we come back. 